Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. Oh man, it's so good to be here with you guys today. It's a huge, huge privilege to um, yeah, be invited to come and speak, so thank you for having me. Um, also, Matt, I just want to say thank you for doing sound, and I know about running soundboards from tablets, but totally forgot that that was a thing, so I was like, how is he adjusting sound, not being in the sound booth, and I just couldn't get my mind around that, and then I was like, oh, he's got a tablet, so <laughs> anyway, you're a, you're a miracle worker, just like Jesus. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna pray real quick, ask the Lord to, uh, um, yeah, to speak through me. So, God, thank you so much for these amazing folks who are here today, and any anyone who gets to hear um, the recording of this later or see a stream of it. Um, God, I ask that you would speak today. I'm really happy with you saying whatever you want to say, doing whatever you want to do, but I ask that you would use this time to inspire people to love you more um, and inspire people to want to be part of what you're doing in our city and in their city if they're from somewhere else. Amen. Cool. So um, uh, all the Project 111 stuff that Stephanie was talking about, I'll, I'll tell you guys some about that in a little bit. But um, just the, I feel like the most important thing for you to know about me um, is that I love Jesus and I want to be his friend. That's... That's, that's the biggest thing, um, and that runs really deep for me, and I felt like God was just encouraging me last night to tell you a little bit of why, because anything that I do um, is, is from that. That's, that's where all the, all the stuff that I have done and anything I will do in the future comes from, is from um, trying to live life as a friend of Jesus. So, um, so I felt like he was encouraging me to tell you guys just a little bit of my story, um, and then I'll tell you, tell you some stuff about Project 111 later. Um, but like I said, my, I, the most important thing to me is I want to be a friend of Jesus. That's what I want to do when I grow up. Um, <laughs> that's who I want to be. And, um, yeah, and I'm probably going to get a little emotional as I talk about some of this just because it's, um, it, it really is real. It really is. It's personal. This is, these are the deepest things in me. And, uh, so th- the reasons why I want to be a friend of Jesus, like I don't, I don't just want to do kingdom things. I don't just want to do great exploits. I don't really care if people know who I am or think I'm a big deal or not in the future. Like, the biggest thing is I'm like, I, I want to know Jesus. That's, that's what I want more than anything else. And um, the reason why is first because he saved me. Um, so, I like, I, it's funny. I don't have, like, a, a story of, like, I was addicted to drugs and I was doing this and that. But, but maybe worse, <laughs> I thought I was a good person. I... I thought I was a good person. I, um, as a worship leader at my church in Grand Rapids, helped out with, um, helped run the youth group. I kind of did all the things that you do. I thought I was a good person, and I, and I felt like everyone else around me thought I was a good person too. Um, and, uh, you know, and maybe compared to certain people, depending on how you measure it, maybe I was better than some people, but um, compared to God's standard, um, 
<laughs> I was not a good person, and God was really kind to let me know that. <laughs> when, I was, when I was 25, I'd lived a good chunk of my life up until I was 25. Like I said, I thought I was a good person. I didn't, I, like, I knew the gospel kind of. I grew up in a Christian home. I was involved in my church there. Um, but I didn't understand that I needed a Savior and that there was something wrong with me. And God was really, really kind to intervene in my life. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine what would have happened if he didn't. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so, so grateful that he did. Um, yeah, he's been so, so kind to me, so good to me, so much better than I deserve. He's been, been really good to me. So um, there's a whole long story with that, but you don't need to know all the details. The big thing is to know that, that he saved me. And that's, that's where this started. <laughs> I, I don't know where I would be otherwise. And uh, so that changed everything. I understood that I was not a good person, and I was like, shoot, I don't, I don't want to live my life if this is who I've got to be. God, I want you to make me new. And I didn't, didn't even understand it until years later because I, like I said, thought I was a good person. I didn't understand that um, as far as I can tell, I was not born again, was not a believer. Um, so I don't know what would have happened, but I'm really glad I didn't die before then. So, <laughs> so. Anyway, that was when I was born again, and after that, I was like, well, God, like, I want to, I want to know you. I don't know, um, I don't, you know, like, I, um, so at this point, I was in, I was in, uh, I was finishing my undergrad, going into grad school, I'd been studying music, I was going to be, wanted to be a college music theory professor, and, um, but at this point, I was like, well, God, like, uh, my life isn't my own anymore, like, I belong to you, and, um, and so it was like, I, as far as like my future and all that goes, like, wh what do you want me to do? Wh what, you know, what am I supposed to do after school? And, um, and so I spent probably my first like year, year and a half of, uh, of being in grad school, um, praying about, you know, what do I do next? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to finish school. I, um, and, and so kind of the big thing is I was asking him is, do I continue to go be a teacher like I was planning on? I was originally planning to uh, try and get a job teaching at like a community college. Um, you can do that with a master's degree. M all of my professors were really, or at least a number of them were really encouraging me to go in and get my PhD. They're like, you're good at this stuff. You've got what it takes. Um, but then there was all this stuff going on with God. And so I was like, maybe I'm supposed to like be a pastor or do something with ministry. I don't know. Um, but I was like, I don't really care about any of those things. I mean, I still liked music, but I was like, God, I, I want... Um, I want to know what, what you want me to do. You know, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And um, so for for probably a good six months to a year, I was I was praying about this, trying to figure this out with the Lord. And um, and every time I would ask him, he was really kind to talk to me and help me sort things out, but he didn't answer my question. And then on, um, like I said, six months to a year after beginning this process of trying to figure that out, um, September 30th, 2013, um, I was driving home after a long day at school, and I felt like God really clearly spoke to me and said, um, do you love me enough to give me your future? And 
<laughs> and the funny thing is I didn't even understand what that meant. But I was like, with all of my heart, yes. Like, I don't even know what I'm agreeing to. But yes, like, this is what I want. This is, this is what I want more than anything. Um, and that was kind of like my moment when, like, Jesus called, like, his disciples to, like, leave their nets and leave the boat or calling Matthew to leave his tax collecting booth and, you know, come follow him. And um, I didn't even put all this together until just I was talking with my wife about this this weekend. And, like, I was asking God, like, you know, what do you want me to do for you? And God is so good. He's so good. He's like, I want to be your friend, Justin. I, like, I want relationship with you. That's what I want. More than I want you to do something for me. I want you to be my friend. That's that's what I want. That's that's my desire. And so, um, yeah, so God saved me, and then he invited me into friendship with him. It's the best. He's so good. He's so, so much different and so much more kind than, than what I would think God would be like or should be like. Um, he's so much more relational. He's been so good to me so gentle with me and figuring figuring out like, okay, well then what do I do with my life now? And sorting out all the conversations with parents and family and friends when I um, finally finished my, finished my master's degree and I had a job offer basically um, to a school um, in, uh, in North Carolina at Appalachian State University. And, um, and the person who ran the theory department there was a believer. And one of my professors at MSU who wasn't a believer was trying to get me to not um, to not throw away my education and was like, hey, you know, you should talk to this person. You know, she's she's a Christian, too. And, um, you know, I, I think I think, you know, she'd understand, you know, what what's going on with you. And so I talked with this person. It was like, yeah, this, this sounds really good, but I, I just don't think that's where God's leading me. So there was a whole process of figuring that out, still living it, living that out today. What does that look like? How does that work? And he's been so good to lead me in figuring the things out. And so as I've, yeah, so I guess before saying anything else, just want to say that again, like really the thing that matters to me is I want to be a friend of Jesus. And if there's anything that I can, can inspire or impart to anybody else, it would be that because everything else comes out of that. Um, every good thing that I, that I've ever done and or will do in the future is, is going to come out of that relationship. And, and as soon as it doesn't have anything to do relate with relationship with God, um, I'm not like as, yeah, I feel like I'm not as like driven as some other people. Like I'm, I'm, I'm driven, but things just feel like Ecclesiastes really fast to me. I'm like, what's the point? I don't even care. I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> this everything feels empty really, really quick to me. I think that's a gift that God has given me. Where um, it's really hard for me to be motivated to like go hard after something big because I'm like, well, who cares? It, it's not going to have any bearing. It's not going to matter. Um, you know, even in a year, I'm not going to care about it. I'm just aware that my drive to do anything. Is not that big, um, if if God's not if relationship with Him isn't isn't happening. So, anyway, that's that's the biggest thing I'd want to encourage you guys. And is man, Jesus is kind. Man, He's good. He's been so good to me, um, and I and I hope that that inspires you in your relationship with Him and encourages you. Um, so as I've walked out friendship with Him. Um, in 2016, he was really kind to, so I've, I'd, I'd, you know, put down the whole music education thing. I went, I was doing campus ministry at Michigan State University, running the House of Prayer East Lansing, and um, 
And God kept encouraging me to not give up on this music stuff that was in me. I love writing songs, and I'd played in bands and recorded albums and stuff. But once again, was like, what's the point? And so I stopped. Um, <laughs> um, and I was like, I don't want to live in a van and tour all over the place. <laughs> it's not glamorous. It doesn't pay well. <laughs> it's kind of miserable. <laughs> so I was like, I, I, I don't want to do that. So, But I felt like God kept encouraging me to, Brent understands. You feel me, Brent? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, but I felt like he kept encouraging me, don't, don't give up on this music stuff. So I kind of reluctantly was like, okay, I don't know why, but I'll, I'll keep writing songs, keep doing stuff. And in 2016, I was at the One Thing Conference in Kansas City during one of the worship times. Um, and I felt like God uh, just showed me kind of these two paths. And he was like, you could, um, if you want, you could pursue being, you know, like a musician, worship leader, songwriter. You could do all that. You could be really good at it. You could be really successful at that um, if you wanted to. Or you could multiply into other people around you the things that I've given you. And it was kind of like, which one do you want? And it wasn't like there was one that was a right answer. or It was just like you could do this or you could do this. Which one do you want? Um, and at the time, I was learning about discipleship, multiplication, the idea that my reach is much bigger if I invest in other people than if I just try to make myself awesome. So um, so I was like, yeah, let's, the second one, that, that sounds like the good one, let's do that. Um, and it's almost like, it's almost like God was like, oh, good, because I had this thing I wanted to tell you about. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and uh, and he was like, I felt like he showed me, he's like, in, um, in the same way that there's like Bethel in California and Hillsong in Australia, and, you know, there are other groups that have come up since then, but back in 2016, those were kind of the big ones. And um, I felt like he was like, in the same way that these groups exist elsewhere, he's like, I want one of those in Lansing. I want there to, I want Lansing to be a place where people are being discipled and, and trained in the arts, but then also making stuff that's for their city, but also for, for the world beyond that. Um, and I was like, wow, that sounds really cool. Okay, like, I'd, I'd like to be part of that. Um, and then a little while later, I felt like he added the piece. That he, and, and at the time, he's like, all, all of the main groups that were doing this were, were mostly people who were white, and it was mostly in English, which is not bad. Nothing, I love white people. I love being a white person. I think it's awesome. Super proud of that, actually. <laughs> I don't know if that, <laughs> anyway, um, and I love the language that I speak, but I felt like God was like, um, it wasn't like, a, we got to get rid of the white people, it was more of a, he's like, I want there to be a value for individual languages and individual cultures, and I want, and I want you know, people groups and cultures, whether they're big or small, whether they're influential or not, to have a value for their language, for their culture, he's like, those are things that I want. And um, like in the scene in Revelation 7 where there's people from every tribe, tongue, and nation gathered around God's throne, felt like he was like, I love what these groups are doing. I'm not mad about it at all. But what I'm doing in Lansing, I want it to be marked by it being multicultural and multilingual. Not because that's trendy, not because that's cool, not like in the name of, in, in the, the unhealthy inclusivity way, but in the like, this is a kingdom value that God, God's like, I love every tribe, tongue, nation. I want them together. Um, so I felt like he was like, that's, that's something I want to be a mark of what I'm doing in the city of Lansing. And I was like, okay, that's a whole nother level of complicated. And also with both these things, I was like, I already have a full-time job, but I'd love it if I could be part of this in some fashion. Um, and so there's a, there's a whole story with this of, of what came out of that. But the big thing is that God began to show me how this stuff that he'd put in me for music had a, had a place 
in, in one of his dreams for the city where I live. And, um, and so as we walk in friendship with God, he's so good to show us where we fit, to show us the things that he's put in us. Um, in, um, in Ephesians 2, uh, there's a verse, I, I, I'll paraphrase it, I won't say it exactly right, but where it talks about how we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We often talk about the how he, you know, we're his masterpiece, which is true. But then after that, he says, to, created to do um, good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. And I think so often, um, so often it can feel like we've got to figure out what to do with the things that God's put in us. We're like, there's this stuff in me and I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to express it, whether it's, you know, I, I want to create stuff or um, I have a desire for marriage or, you know, what, whatever it is, like whether, whether they, there are things that seem normal and commonplace or things that seem strange, God designed us and he prepared good works in advance for us to do, not just people for us to share the gospel with. There's a ton of that. But he's like, the things that the desires I put in you, I already created a pathway for you to express and fulfill those things. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to start from scratch. You're not on your own. I've prepared a way for you to do this. Um, And just a little side tangent for free, I honestly believe um, with all the stuff with gender confusion, um, whether... Whether you have a desire to do things that God is telling you are destructive that are of a heterosexual nature or some other kind of nature, um, that God's like, bring your desires to me and I will lead you to the fulfillment of them. Don't try to do it on your own. Let me show you. I have a fulfillment for every single one of them. I'll show you what to do with it. Um, We don't have to try and get rid of them. We don't have to try and like shut down who we are. But God has a way to fulfill the things he's put in us that, um, that, doesn't, that doesn't require us needing to disobey him and walk away from him. Um, so anyway, a little tangent there for free. Um, so God, God was really good to show me these things that I put in you, this desire to write songs, this desire to make music. Uh, here's actually a place for you to get to express that, to do what I've made you to do. Um, and he's like, there's this thing that I want to do in the city of Lansing with music and the arts, and I, I want to invite you to be part of it with me. And um, God's been so kind to, to make a way for that. And so um, a number of years tr- passed and bunches of things happened. And in 2020, right at the beginning of the year, before anybody knew crazy stuff was happening, um, in January... Um, I felt like God was like, this This year it's time for you to begin to, to transition from mostly doing campus ministry to what would it look like if most of your time went to doing this stuff with um, making music, discipling people, raising up songwriters, putting on concerts, that kind of stuff. What, what would it look like if most of your time went toward that? And he made a way for me to, to transition out of my role with campus ministry. I'm still on staff at the House of Prayer, but my role looks different. Um, and help me start Project 111, brought people around me to help me clarify vision and all of that. Um, and it was interesting. I, I got married in 2020 at the end of the year. and beginning of 2021, I was, I, my wife Natalie is the best. God is good. Um, <laughs> one of those desires was for marriage. I had to wait a little bit. I was 34 when I got, 30, I think it was, yeah, 34 when I got married. Um, 
but wanted to be married a lot younger than that. God was really kind to lead me to the fulfillment of that. Didn't let me have any of the other options that I thought I wanted more before. He, he's like, I, I've got the best for you. He was so, so good to me. So anyway, I'm, I'm talking with my wife in early 2021 as I'm trying to figure out what it looks like to give my time and energy to this, this music thing and discipling people in that context. And I would, I would talk with different people and be like, so what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working on starting like a worship and art school. And I remember somebody asked me, it was really embarrassing, was like, what's, what's it called? And I was like, it doesn't have a name. <laughs> I felt super stupid. <laughs> oh, this, this guy's like, well, does, does your school have a name? And I was like, no. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> And, uh, and so I was like wrestling with what, you know, God, what are we doing? How does this work? And so I had this moment, I was talking with my wife and I was like, just kind of in frustration. I was like, I don't care if there's ever a school and I don't care if we make music that anyone ever hears. I just want people to love Jesus and I want to disciple, I want to help them learn to use their voice. That's, that's what I want. I want to, I want to, I want people to know Jesus and to love him. And, and I want to help those people learn to use the voice that he's given them to make music, talking about him. Those are the things that I want. Um, and, uh, and so that was, uh, you could say kind of in that moment, like maybe Project 111 was born, where it was kind of like, oh, that's what's in me. That's what God's put in me. Um, so with Project 111, our, um, it comes from Malachi 111, and our, our, our vision is for, to, for God's name to be made great through the arts in the city of Lansing. Um, and the three things that we focusing on focus on are to disciple people to love Jesus. Like I said, I want people to love Jesus more than anything else. I want them to be friends of Jesus too. Um, we train people to express themselves skillfully and creatively. So helping people learn to play an instrument, learn to sing, but not really so much about like being good just to be good, but God's put something in people that he wants them to be able to get out, to communicate um, and practically, like all the stuff that I was singing up here, there's a lot of training that helps me learn both to sing and to play my instrument and to feel comfortable improvising. Um, I, I don't want to discredit the Holy Spirit's influence in this, but it wasn't, it, the Holy Spirit didn't force me to do any of that. I've cultivated with him, learned how to hear his voice and to respond to it, and also spent hours and hours and hours, thousands of hours, learning to play instruments and to sing um, and that's part of why I'm so comfortable doing it. God can give someone a grace to do that independent of their cultivating it. But, but I think it's something that, um, that he wants to help people cultivate and something I want to help people cultivate. Um, so we train people to express themselves skillfully and creatively. And then the third thing is um, creating context where people can make stuff together. Um, not not really so much about like we're we're gonna be like the next like the next Maverick City or something like that like I love Maverick City they're awesome but like but more at being about getting people together to make to make stuff together that that honors God and makes Him known right like not not just self expression that has a Christian label on it like writing songs that make Him known that talk about how He's awesome that that share who He is so those are the things that we do as Project One Eleven. And the name, Project 111, comes from Malachi 111. Um, and I'll just quote it for you. So it goes like this. Is, um, so God's talking to apathetic Israel. This is a point in time where they're bringing him blind and lame sacrifices. And they're like, um, just not, they don't really get it. And God's like, he's like, no, you, you don't understand. I'm actually really, like, I'm the Genesis 1 God. I'm the, I'm, I'm the, the ancient of days, the, you know, um, the Lord of hosts. Uh, God Almighty, like the, you don't you don't understand who I am, um, and your actions are demonstrating that. 
like you don't understand my worth. Not like you have to give me all your stuff, but more him being like, like you're, what you're bringing to me doesn't, shows that you don't understand who I am. And he's, and, and he's, like, he's like, but one day not only are you going to get it, but everyone will get it. And he says, my name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. And so just to very briefly unpack that for you, God's name is his reputation. It's who he is. It's his character. So he's saying it's going to be great. It's going to be well known. So think of like the things that are great in our city. So we got MSU, right? So football. You know, probably 100,000 plus people every, every you know, home game in East Lansing are partying. 75,000 of them fit in the stadium, but there's, if you include the frat houses and everywhere else, we, we got, you know, over 100,000 people every game day partying, celebrating because there's a football game. I don't think God's mad about that at all. Football's fun. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, like, that's something that's great. We have, a, we have a reference point for that. Like, that stadium was built like uh, the the largest place where you can put people in mid Michigan is is right there. Um, you know, maybe second largest place in the state. I know the U of M stadium is bigger than there's MSU. So maybe the second largest place in the state where human beings can gather for something. So it's kind of a big deal. We built this facility for that, right? So w- God's like, my name could be greater than that. Um, uh, for education, we'll spend literally tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars and somewhere between four and ten years of our life to get an education. Once again, not bad. I was in college for ten years. I love the things I got to learn. Um, I wanted to be a college professor because I think it's cool. <laughs> um, but, like, but the idea of here's something else where like, we value this so we, this is what we give for that purpose. Or the government, right? Government matters. So we, you know, we will gather at the Capitol to, um, to make our voice heard through protest or rally or, you know, whatever. We have buildings there for the sake of running our government. There are all these things. It's, none of these are out of line or bad. It's more just like this is what we have a reference point for of things being great. What if God's name mattered more and it being great and being known mattered more to us than these other things? What would that look like? I don't think the other things need to be torn down so that Jesus has no competition, but instead, what if he was just greater, you know? Like, it's, it's not about the other, it's, it's not about Jesus being like, I got rid of all of my competition, and now I'm the only option left on the menu. You have to, <laughs> like, he's not interested in that. He's, he's interested in his name being made great in our city, where, where we would be a people obsessed with God, we're like not not like really devout. We're 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 like grinding this thing out. We're like we Muslims pray five times a day. We pray ten times a day because we're more devout. Like like no like we just <laughs> people people who go to MSU games aren't devout. They just really like football, right? <laughs> um, people who go to college they're not devout. They just really care about getting a job and making money when they grow up. You know it's that's that's all there is to it. So um, so like God being like. Um, this is what it looks like for his name to be. Here's some ways it could look for it to be great. Um, among the nations, in every place, that literally means every place. Lansing is part of it, every place, in case you didn't know. So this, this verse is a, is a promise about the city where we live. It's a promise about every other city, too. They can, other cities can do what they want with it. But, but as far as I'm concerned, this is a promise that God made about the city where I live. 
and I want it to happen here. Um, and then this, this piece about incense and pure offerings, we know in the Bible incense is worship and prayer, right? In Revelation, we see that. But more than that, I think more than just um, than church services or, or worship gatherings, those are great. Those are a really good start. But what if, um, what if every artistic expression in our city and every artist and every voice were being used to honor him and to make him known? Once again, not because they have to, but because we can't think of something better to talk about. We're like, well, it's just the best. What else are you going to create about? You know, what else would you do? I mean, there's other things, but, but why would you pick them? This is the best one, um, right? <laughs> so, um, so, you know, so the, I, I believe uh, incense, worship, you know, anything, I believe all of the, the creative and artistic expressions that honor him and make him known, that tell his stories, that talk about who he is, I think all of those fall into that category of worship, even if they wouldn't necessarily be sung in a corporate setting or it's something that, you know, wouldn't happen in a church service. Um, there's so much that can be honoring to him. And, and once again, not, not self-expression with a Christian label on it. That there's a big difference between self-expression with a Christian label on it and, and me being like, I want to use the voice God's given me to talk about him because I've seen something great and I just got to talk about it. Um, he's, he's awesome and I just want to talk about him. I need to, to, sh- to paint visually what I've seen um, with the eyes of my heart. I need to represent it with dance. I need to make film to tell the stories of what he's done, of his great exploits, you know, all that stuff. So incense being offered to him. And then pure offerings. Um, we know Romans 12, 1, that our reasonable act of worship is to give ourselves to God as living sacrifices. Um, but when do you, what's the context where you, or, or oh, uh, back up, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. When do you joyfully give yourself? What is the context where someone joyfully gives themselves? A wedding. And Jesus is a bridegroom, we're the bride, it all kind of fits together. And so, so God's like, the, there's going to be this worship happening, but also it's, it's in the context of people being in love with him like he's in love with us. Right, like he's all like we talk about night and day worship and prayer, you know, twenty four seven, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, but like, and it can feel like, well, that's extravagant, that's excessive, but God already thinks about us twenty four seven. Like we already have that level of devotion from Him, and so that's that's not a matter of like, so so you need to do the same, but more like like He already is more in love with us than we could ever be with Him. Maybe someday we'll start to catch up a little bit, but like it's not, it, he's like his vision is not something that he, it's not something he hasn't already given. He's like, I'm already all in for you. I already want you. I'm already obsessed with you. I'm thinking about us together. Jesus is like, you know, Father, I desire that those you've given me would be with me where I am. Like this is before going to the cross, this is what he's asking for. You know, there are a few things he asked for, and one of them is he's like, God, I want him to be with me. And I want them to see my glory. I want them to. I want them to see the glory that you've given me. I want them to see me, to know me as I really am, not in this limited, veiled way where they see me right now. I want them to to truly see me. This is this is what God desires already. So this is God's dream for the city of Lansing. And so thinking, what would it look like if if the city of Lansing, the greater Lansing area, you know, wherever you want to draw the boundaries, what would it look like? If this was a city obsessed with God and in love with him, there, there will be a place on planet Earth 
where people love God more than anywhere else. Like, it's not about beating other people, but there will, practically, there will be a place, at least before the return of Jesus, there will be a place where, where more than anywhere else on the planet, people uh, have seen how awesome God is. Not the place where they're the most devout and they got anything to brag about. They're like, I've just seen something awesome. I don't, I don't deserve any credit for this. If, if you saw what I did, you'd respond the same way, too. It, like, like, I, like, I can't, I can't, I'm not impressive. I'm not disciplined. I'm not, like, I, I just, I just saw that he's awesome. I just understand that he loves me, and I, I can't help it. Like, this, this is the only thing that makes sense to do in response. But what, what if our city was a city obsessed with Jesus and in love with him, where the resources of our city were given to his name being made great, to, to expressions being made that honored him, that made him known, where, where you like come into the city of Lansing and you are just encountered by the beauty of God, the testimonies of God, the goodness of God, the love of God, the justice, the holiness of God, everywhere you went, like if it was in our architecture, in our, in our everything, if it just permeated every aspect of everything in the city, you know, what, what would that be like? And knowing that this, is, this isn't just an idea, this is a dream of God's, it's a promise of God's for the city of Lansing. And the reason why is because he's jealous to have it. He's jealous to have our city, and he deserves our city. Jesus purchased our city. The, in, in Psalm 2, it says, he says, I will, I will you know, say what I heard my father say, ask of me and I'll make the nations your inheritance. He is jealous to have every square inch of, of all of planet Earth, but we're talking about this city, so every square inch, every heart and soul in the Lansing area, he's jealous to have that. And so it's like, well, God, if this is your dream, then I guess I want that to be my project. I don't know how that works, but if Malachi 1.11 is your dream, then I want Malachi 1.11 to be my project. And not even my project, but just this is something you're doing. I just want to be part of it. I want to do something with it. Um, and so that's what Project 111 is. That's where Project 111 comes from, is this dream that God has, him being really kind um, a, as he's invited me into friendship with him to just let me see a little bit of what he wants to do in our city, being like, shoot, I would love to be part of that. That's, that's what I want to do. I want to do that with you. Um, and so practically, um, and this is kind of bringing this toward a close, a lot of what I've gotten to do and what I get to do, like I said, I, I, I get to um, help people um, learn to walk as friends of Jesus. I get to help them learn to play instruments, to sing. I've gotten to work with Cammie and Jackie. They both write songs, make sweet music, contrary to what they may or may not tell you. Um, it's actually super good. Bug them about it. It's, I've heard awesome songs that both of them have written. Um, and that they have performed publicly in front of others. Um, there is video proof of it. Um, <laughs> um, so getting get to work with people, um, getting to um, train people as songwriters is, is one of the big things I'm really passionate about because I believe that God has put a message in each one of us. There's, there's things that you have in you to say that no one else can say um, there is a, a literal and a figurative song that every human being has to sing, and no one else can sing it but you, because you were made in God's image. And, um, and yeah, you, you were made in his image, and the specific aspects of him that are put into you, only you can reveal. And so that's something that, that God has, has really stirred me to do, is to, to raise up other songwriters, to empower people to, to do what he built them to do, 
And a lot of that has looked like going to people who don't want to and don't think they could, um, don't think they're good enough, um, and calling them out, calling out the things that are not as though they were like God does. Um, he showed me at one point, he's like, you were going to be a college music professor and you were going to work with people who came to you who already were musicians, who already had a vision for what they wanted to do. And he's like, you'll get to do some of that. But um, but he's like, I, I want to give you this unique opportunity to call out of other people um, things that they don't know are there. Um, or to, I, I don't know how all that works with God's sovereignty. Like, was it always there? And, and Or did it get imparted? I, I don't know. I'm not super concerned about that. But people that, weren't, people that weren't doing it, God being like, you get to help make that happen. And so it's been really cool the way that um, just, just being faithful with that to, as God will highlight people and be like, hey, um, I feel like God uh, would give you the ability to write songs if you would like to. Would you like that? Can I pray for you? Um, and then and then some of those people getting to walk with them and help them cultivate that. Um, one testimony in particular of it, I have a, um, a Chinese student. Um, she came here as an international student to MSU from China, met the Lord there, was discipled um, at University Reformed Church, where she goes right now with some friends of mine, such solid people there. I love them. And... Um, and so she she became a believer here at MSU. She's an English immersion teacher now. And um, she started doing lessons with me and wasn't doing much um, in regard to music prior to that. Um, could not sing on key if her life depended on it. It was bad when we started. Um, and <laughs> but like as we started working together and and um, and just encouraging her, like, well, I all my students sing through sing scripture every week. And so. Um, so I was like, all right, well, let's let's have you start singing through the Psalms. And because you read the Bible in Chinese, let's have you sing it in Chinese. So just having her sing Psalms every week in Chinese. Um, she is now saying through more scripture than any person that I know, I think. Um, <laughs> she's been with me for a couple of years now. And now she writes songs. Um, she wrote a song called The Love and the Light that was on our Project 111 album that we put out earlier this year. Um, you can you can look it up on YouTube, Spotify, all the places. Um, it's a song called The Love and the Light. It's a mix of Chinese and English. Um, her and another one of my students sang on it together. And it's basically her just telling her story, tell, sharing her testimony about how she's like, I ne no one ever told me that God loved me. No one ever told me what God was like. No one ever told me that God was good. And I wish someone had, but no one did. And so I want to write a song for other people who speak Chinese to hear what God is actually like. And it's so beautiful. And so she, so we wrote the song, we recorded it. And um, I don't know, it's been streamed some, I don't know, thousand something times here uh, on Spotify. But the most exciting thing is on, um, it's on a Chinese government sanctioned um, music streaming service. And it, is, it has been streamed by a bunch of Chinese non-believers who are friends and family of hers back home. I can't go to China and tell them about Jesus. I'm not allowed. But she wrote this song about him, and it's being listened to by friends and family who, who like, listen to it. And, and, you know, she's here, so she can speak freely here. And they're like, is this song about Jesus? And she's like, yes, it is. And so she's gotten to tell them about God and who he is. Um, we made a music video, and it's on this kind of like, I forget how it works exactly, but some way that people have been able to stream it that's not controlled by the government there. It's been streamed over 2,000 times. That was months ago. I don't know what it is now, but uh, but over 2,000 times, her Chinese friends back home have, have gotten to listen to this song that's talking about who God is and what he's like and, and what he's done for her. Um, so, so good. 
and, and this is someone who wasn't singing a couple of years ago, who, like I said, her background is, is in education. She's an, a, a Chinese immersion teacher, um, but she has a gift for writing songs. And, and even before she could sing them well, when she would tell me just some of the things that were in her to communicate, oh my gosh, I, every single one I was like, that needs to be a song, that needs to be a song. These are so, so good. And, and I guess with this, I just want to say this, and then maybe we'll bring this to a close. Um, I feel like the, uh, this is important for those who create things to, to know that, uh, like, God has put a message in you that's worth hearing, um, you know, at any point. You know, you, if you got saved today, like, you, if you're the woman at the well, um, you've got a testimony to go tell the whole city around you or the demoniac, you know, who... Uh, was as messed up as messed up can be. Jesus is like, don't come follow me. Actually, just right now, go tell everyone how much God has done for you. And he says, okay, and he did it. Um, And all kinds of fruit and ramifications of that, right? So it doesn't, no no matter who you are, if if the spirit of God is in you, you have something to say. And then I'm, like I said, I'm all about education. I'm all about learning to get good at what you do. That's one of the things I want to help people do. But I'm really, really passionate about um, em- encouraging people that the message God has put in you, like there's two, there's two aspects to what we do as artists. I heard um, John Thurlow, a worship leader from IHOP, say it this way: there is your source and there's your craft. And so your your craft is your ability to paint, to draw, to to write. It's your skill set. And your source is your subject matter. And these two things are separate. And it's important that we focus on both of them. And, um, and it can be easy to just focus on our craft and be like, I'm going to get really good at my craft, and then one day my craft will be good enough that it will be worth hearing. And I would challenge you instead, if there's something that you have in you that's worth saying, it doesn't matter how good you are before you start saying it. Just start saying it and get good while you go. Like there are... Like, we can talk about recording quality and be like, well, it's, you know, it's got to be great. If you look at, you know, recordings of, you know, Elvis or whoever that sold millions of copies, you know, 50 years ago, if someone today put something out with that recording quality, we'd say it was trash. But because those are classics, people still listen to those exact same recordings still because the songs were good enough. Well, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't just that it needed to be shiny enough to be worth listening to. And, and if, you, if you have something that's truly powerful, that's truly of substance, you can make the crappiest voice memo on your phone, um, and, it, and it can change people's lives. I'm serious. Um, so I'm, I'm, me too. I got a whole phone full of them right here in my pocket. Um, <laughs> and so, so, uh, so as we um, as we're as we're growing in this, um, oh, I want to encourage you that it's that it, it's it's about the message that God's given you, and it's about being able to communicate that. Um, and 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 if that's what drives you're getting better, is like I've seen something and I don't have enough vocabulary to describe accurately what I've seen. I gotta go get a thesaurus so I can learn some new words to be able to better describe this. I need some new adjectives in my vocabulary. I don't have enough chords that I know how to play on the piano. I need to, I, I, I need to get better so I can get out what God's put in me. That will give you, that is where a new sound comes from. It doesn't come from trying to find a new sound. It comes from finding something from the Lord worth saying. 
Um, and, and that's, so that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really passionate about and, and, and empowering people with. And so I guess kind of bringing this to a close, um, this is a lot of what I, what I do, whether it's with, you know, individuals or with groups is, is training them in songwriting, discipling them as friends of Jesus and, um, and helping them learn to, to get out the message that God's put in them. Um, and, and like I said, often this will look like me, um, just, you know, calling somebody out and being like, hey, I feel like this is something, you know, God God would maybe want to do through you. Um, and I've got a good track record so far. I think almost all the people that at least that I've, you know, still know them and have contact with them who weren't writing songs are writing songs now. Um, that's not because of me. It's just because of God doing it. Um, <clears throat> but I, I feel like God wanted to encourage you guys. You guys here, um, he's given you songs to sing and to write. Cammy and Jackie. Um, and everybody else in the room, <laughs> he's given you, he's given you a song to sing. He's given you a song to write, and maybe these are songs just for you to sing to the Lord. That this is this is just a song that your heart, for your own sake, you need to sing it all the time. When I feel discouraged and hopeless, I'm like, I need a song to sing right now, and so I take the truth that I need because I don't believe it, and I sing it. Uh, so some of them are just for me. And then some of them are songs that started out for me and then are for other people, too, to encourage them, to help them. Um, and then some of them start out as messages to other people. Um, actually, uh, wrote a song that I want to share um, quickly um, before we wrap up here that I wrote for Cammie before she went to, um, to do YWAM. Um, and I didn't think it would be something that I'd ever play for anybody. I ended up re-recording it, putting it on an album, um, and tons of people have heard it and been encouraged by it, um, and, and it's something that I've encouraged myself with since then. Um, the, the songs, the message God has given you is worth, it's worth hearing, it's worth sharing. So um, I just want to pray for you guys generally, and then I'll play this song for you, and then if anybody else wants prayer specifically or something, we can definitely do that. Um, but would you guys just, um, maybe just put your hands out. You don't even have to stand. You can if you want to, but you can just put your hands out in front of you. Um, God knows where you are. Your reception isn't necessarily better if you're standing. Um, but <laughs> but uh, if this is something that you want, if you would like to be someone who writes songs, um, specifically songs about the Lord, um, I want to pray for you that God would give you the ability to do that. So, Lord, I pray for these amazing people who are here. And God, I ask that you would give to them um, both the ability to write songs and something to say in the songs that they write. God, give them a message that's worth hearing that even if they only know two chords on the guitar, um, that it's a song that people would want to hear because they're like, this is truth, this is life, this is encouragement. These words, this message is profound enough that even if it's not sung well, I would still want to listen to it every day. God, would you give them ability and give them a message, Lord, um, that, that they could be used powerfully and they would create things that are for this community right here, that are for our city, and that are for the ends of the earth. Yeah, and would you use them um, to make your name great through music and through art in our city? Amen. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, 
Learn about our speakers and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, and more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.